Hello, this is Two Guys One Room, and I am one of the handsome men in this room right now. We're here to talk about some bullshit. Yeah, and I think there's a, a lot of material there these days to talk about. I'm, as you know now, this is, I'm the second guy in the room, and we're going to be talking about all kinds of good stuff. How about 2020, am I right? <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of things to talk about, and we will try our best to cover every single topic, as daily there's new ones, so we'll try to stay on top of it. I think uh, the main thing is we probably should introduce ourselves. Um, I'm Robert. Um, I'm the most handsome. I can attest to that. Um, he is the most handsome, and he is one of the guys of the two in the room. I'm Jacob, as you now know, and um, I'm the second not-so-handsome guy in the room. So, And we just kind of started this thing, just kind of like a little bit of a, you know, just a fun thing to do, something new. Yeah, I mean, it's nice to have an outlet to vent and kind of get out your opinions on things for people to listen to. And I think in today's times, it's a good thing to just sit down and have a conversation instead of acting on violence or, you know, just... Going on social media, trying to fight with people in the comments area. Speaking of that whole violence thing, uh, did you see that uh, French teacher that got beheaded because he I showed a depiction of Muhammad? No. Yeah. When he, and where did that happen? I need to know about in, this. It was in France. Um, I don't know what kind of teacher he was, but he was showing some kind of caricature of uh, the Prophet Muhammad. And I'm not saying I'm against Muslim people at all. Right. Um, I don't have any kind of preference, but um, this dude. Uh, <clears throat> Had heard about it and dragged his teacher out in the middle of the street and cut his head off in the middle of the street. And then the police came over there and shot him dead. But I just don't think that that was really called for, but... Right, I mean, that brings up the topic of just free speech. And obviously, different countries have different outlooks and different guidelines and uh, laws in place to infringe on that free speech. So I think more than ever, we should just be able to have that outlet. But, but in my opinion, France, though, is one of the more lax countries on free speech. I don't think they're as uh, liberal as most of Europe is. And that's, I mean, I mean, it could be a good thing. Um, besides the fact their battle flag is a white surrender flag. Um, that's besides the point. Yeah, um, they were claiming it was a uh, terrorist attack, which I don't really know if I'd claim that as a terrorist attack or more or less just a crime out of anger. Yeah, it sounds more of a murder rather than a terrorist act. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I think the the French have a little bit of a bad taste in their mouth from um, that thing that happened in Paris a couple mm -hmm. years back, and they're probably still not too happy about the Muslim population there. Sure. That sounded really racist. That's all right. <laughs> But speaking of infringing on free speech, too, is that it's happening right here in the U.S. with uh, Sony giving people, well, they're um, recording people's party chat and um, they're banning them for um, breaking community guidelines on the PlayStation 4. But and the, I was reading on this, I wanted to ask you, what, how, did they have any examples of a situation to where something was said in a chat that they said, okay, that's not okay? Um, I don't exactly know the exact words, um, so I'm not going to quote it. But there has been multiple people that have been banned for things that they said in the party chat. Um, and they've noticed that with the new update, when you do join a party, it says um, you are subject to be recorded. Right. Um, and things like that, which is, to me personally, bullshit. Because if me and my buddies are in a party chat, you say some dumb shit when you're, when you're upset and angry. Oh, absolutely. I don't think any of us, especially being young kids, have ever been on a party chat for an example and not said things that aren't correct to say just yeah, xbox you know, 360 yeah those days i mean i can't imagine what i said back then and obviously when you're a kid you don't mean what you say <laughs> so i mean i can't imagine being a kid in today's times where you're playing a video game and you say something you probably don't even mean you're just saying it to say it and um, you know yeah. i mean the thing that what's the weird thing is about that nowadays is that i've noticed that kids that like 
younger kids that play these video games now, they're a little bit more, more um, sensitive to different things. Because um, we kind of grew up in the age of uh, the angry Xbox players. Yes. Um, calling you every name under the sun, all this stuff that people said. Um, it was actually quite ridiculous in the end. Now you think about it. Now you think back. Right. And what I don't understand is how the, how are they going to mediate and intervene and then hand out punishments? I mean, obviously, there's millions of chats going on daily on PlayStation. So how do you mediate them all? How do you pick and choose what's right to say, what's wrong to say? And it's, you know, obviously what people are saying may be opinion-based. So where can you, how can you mediate someone's opinion? Obviously, there's free speech in place. Yeah, I mean... I guess it just it, it doesn't make much sense to me personally. No, and I think you know obviously the YouTube is different when it's a community environment. I think things there it's okay to mediate because you agree that what you say is going to go out to the public. But in a private chat, in a private chat for a specific reason of it being private, obviously. Yeah, but my thing is about YouTube too. It's um there's a certain um uh, what do you call it a uh, a certain limit of things that you can. Um, mediate because it is <clears throat> it is somebody's creative right to make what they want. Now if people are like KKK and you know Al Qaeda and things like that. That kind of shit. I don't think that needs to be on there for our children to see and all younger kids. But at the same time, though, you can keep an eye on what your kids watching. Absolutely, and I feel like this is all transitioning to what's going on in modern day today. It's just. The Facebook and the Twitter, you know, saying what can be said and not said and things that are being monetized and taken down and deleted are opinion-based articles and opinion-based things. And some of them, as we've recently seen with the news reports on Biden's son, those were factual sources and those are facts and those are still deleted. So I mean, there's a gray line of what can be posted. And there, I think the social media, it just, they're out, the outlets are just putting their political, I mean, can we delete that? Political. <laughs> political. <laughs> their political inputs. Yes. Um, they're moderating to fit their own agenda that they believe in, which personally I don't think is right. Yeah, but... I mean, they have the ability to go on their Twitter page and comment on something they don't like, and they can post why they disagree or why that's not right. And then that's okay because that's an open outlet. They can speak their opinion as the other person that posted something. It's book their output but when you monetize and delete things and pick a side i mean that's just not doing the service provided from the start but at the same time in my opinion that's also um their business they're able to run it the way they please um but the thing is it does infringe on rights which is kind of a it's kind of a two-way street yeah and it's, as i said there's that gray line of what's right and what's wrong and we're getting into that and as you see they're you know trying to put laws into place to really come down hard on the social media outlets to force them to be not one way but more just in the middle of letting people speak their opinion and that not be deleted like and i don't i don't know i think like unfactual things which i guess um the fact checker thing does that for you i guess technically but I don't really know if I believe that fact checker all the time, like, because you can never really tell what people right. will say they said and won't say. Like, I mean, Dr. Fauci claims that Trump, um, during his debate, said that um, he didn't want any, he, he masks are pointless, basically, to make a long story short. And uh, Dr. Fauci says that that's misleading and that he, um, he wasn't allowed to use what he said. As a um, as a thing, 
Um, but the thing is, though, you said it, it's out there. He's allowed to use that, whatever, whatever you say. So that's the thing is that some people need to really watch what they say if they don't want to use it against them because it's, they're allowed to. Yeah. And I think you're just getting bad territory when trying to really just, I mean, everyone nowadays, and it's to me a sad thing to where everyone has to watch every little thing they say. I mean, there's a good aspect of that, a good aspect of that to where you shouldn't be saying things that hurt other people's feelings. You shouldn't be saying things that's, that is incorrect or hurtful to another person, obviously. But when you say something and you always have to think, rethink what you're saying, I feel like that's really going to hinder people from giving their opinions. And I think now more than ever, we just need to have a conversation with each other and give our side of things and then just come with a, a good-hearted <laughs> argument to what we want. Like. And that that kind of that kind of brings me along to the lines of this uh, whole Black Lives Matter thing. Yeah. Um, because I think that this all can be solved with listening yeah. and listening and talking. Mm -hmm. um, the complete opposite of what's going on now. And um, I think that if most people would sit down and listen to these guys and say, "Hey, what's the problem that you think is at hand?" And what's the and, solutions that could be put yes. in place? But the thing is, a lot, I will say this, that the people that are completely against BLM do, don't don't want to listen to it, which I, I can understand why. But at the same time, I can understand their side, too, because it's like they have things that they believe are wrong in this country and they feel like they're not being hurt. But right. at the same time, these guys are breaking things, robbing places. And, um... <clears throat> and I don't think it necessarily... I don't think it's necessary people are against Black Lives Matter because obviously Black Lives do matter. And what happened with George George Floyd was obviously terrible and there needs to be something changed about that incident. But the way to go about it with the Black Lives protest and then them putting a bad name on the peaceful protest, which are perfectly okay and should be happening, you know, with breaking and burning businesses. I mean, that just, it, it forces people to not want to sit down and talk because they give that persona of, that's what's gonna. They think burning down buildings is what's gonna make a change. It's, it's, it's not. It's kind of like it's kind of like if you put it like this. If you want something from the store when you're a child, and your mother says um, no, you don't. Then you throw a temper tantrum. You're probably not gonna get what you want. Absolutely, you're gonna get more punishment. And it, it just it's it's kind of the way they're kind of throwing a temper tantrum in a sense, but at the same time it's a temper tantrum for attention, which it's 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 kind of a hard subject to get into because. Speaking of that, you know, me as a white male, a white person in general, um, I don't know the hardships that come with being African-American because there is, there is, you, you can't deny that. Yeah, no, it's been there. It's in the writing. It's there. The proof's there to be seen. I mean, I don't know what it's like to be an African-American, get pulled over by a police officer and have that fear of, am I going to lose my life? And that shouldn't be there. That shouldn't be in their minds. They should feel as everyone else does and just feel safe. When getting pulled over, having an interaction with a police officer, but I also believe it's not right to go that super far in it all and say um, that, you know, we should defund the police. I mean, to go that far in it when there is good police officers out there who are actually trying to find a solution to not letting what happened to George Floyd happen again. And you're debunking those good officers and those people who serve our communities. And you're hurting them and you're making them not want to go to work. And in return, it's going to continue to let those bad officers, you know, just take over. Well, I mean, the thing is, too, is that there are dudes out there that specifically became cops because they just wanted to kind of beat the shit out of people, which, I mean, I, I know a few. Um, 
but there's they're few and far between. I think a lot of these guys just kind of went to the went to the job because it's something they've wanted to do since they were a kid. Um, <clears throat> and I don't think they come in there to with the mindset of wanting to kill whoever like a black person or you know an Asian Mexican right, yeah. whatever. You know I don't I don't think they come in there and target specifically a different race, but I feel like it's it's that way because of a stigma um that's been put in the minds of a lot of people which i guess in that sense i'm kind of describing systematic racism which i think is, is it's kind of a thing but i don't think it comes from the republican side of the spectrum um because the thing is where most blacks are struggling are in cities ran by democrats so that's my personal opinion on that yeah and you're seeing more and more you know, not to get super political with the Black Lives Matter, but it's been so politicized that it's almost sad, um, you know, because there is a place for the movement, obviously. I mean, as I've said, it's not right for an African-American to fear their life when interacting with the police officer. Um, there's a lot of police officers in the community who got into that job because they want to make a change in the community. And, you know, there's officers who are putting a bad name on them and making them not want to go to work and provide for the community and their families. and when you get into the political size of you know, a lot of Democrats just use the African-Americans as a political stance and then nothing's done for their communities. And I think now they just need a leader that's going to help their communities thrive. But I mean, it just, for me personally, I don't know how a, like if they were going to defund the police, they wanted to get in like a, what was it? A peaceful community, um, like a, like a worker, like, like almost, a, like, almost like a healthcare worker, almost. And it's like, um, how is that going to work? Yeah, because one of their main points of struggle with the police officers is their lack of training. So they're going to put a health worker with no training, no previous military experience, or no academies, no you know training that goes that needs to be put in place and that is in place. And I I I, I truly believe that there should be more extensive training from a police officer. And then once you're in the you're a police officer there's more further training and um you know when you want to defend the police you, you take away any you know wanting to change the training aspects of it all <laughs> see personally i i have a completely opposite um i think that a lot of the training cause i personally went to the police academy and i want to make it known i i didn't and i don't truly know a whole lot of it so I'm i interested think to hear what you i think say. a lot of the training aspect of becoming a police officer um it is more put around things that don't make any sense, that aren't logical, that don't happen on a normal basis. I think there should be less academy and more more stress put on IPC skills, which is interpersonal communication. Mm -hmm. um, interpersonal communication, uh, more on-the-job training, personally. Um, I think if you went to school for, you know, let's say six, six weeks, and you learn the laws, you learn rules of engagement, you learn how to stop, how to talk to people, but I think you should go through another month, probably four weeks <clears throat> of learning how to talk to people, talk people down. And I think in that sense, most people should be kind of a, um, in a sense, kind of hostage negotiation in a sense, um, because it, the less you have to use your weapon, the better off you are. Absolutely. Um, and if you can talk to somebody and say, hey, you know, uh, let's try to mediate the situation, um, then you're better off politically better better off in the community everybody's happy right if you put more efficiency on on the job training because that's where you get most of your experience 
you learn from being there and doing the job. You don't learn from reading a book. Right. And I think there, that's also, and, you know, I think there's that difference of just me, obviously a civilian compared to someone like you who has gone through the training, who knows what it takes to become a, an officer. And, you know, usually civilian, something like this happens with George Floyd. They assume, oh, there needs to be more training input, as I said, and I thought, but that's hard for someone like me or another civilian to just say that when we don't know what it takes to become an officer, we don't know the training mm -hmm. in place. And so it's an easy argument to say, oh, let's mm -hmm. add more training. Like the, like the thing that happened to George Floyd, that is not, that's no, no. Anyways, before, even before this stuff happened, yeah. you do not do that. Um, because there is, um, I think it's called positional asphyxiation. Um, and that, that's one of those things that causes it. And, people get into this thing called like an excited delirium when that kind of stuff happens and they hyperventilate in general. So, um, that is a, a big no, no. Anyways, um, even the, even putting the knee on the back, um, we're not even taught that anymore. They're not even taught that for the most part. I mean, you, you, people still do it to keep somebody down, but most of the time you'd want to have two officers there, somebody on the legs and somebody with their kind of straddled on the back. Yeah. So that way you're not putting all your weight into one pressurized spot. Yeah. And the most important part that George Floyd, as we keep referencing, is that the knee to his neck, I don't know the correct term for the position he used, but that was unnecessary. The officer wasn't fearing for his life. He had back up there on the scene. The guy was, you know, not a threat no longer when he was on the ground. Um, it was a very unnecessary move, and it just showed a lack of his knowledge on the situation and how to, you know, intervene in the problem. And the weird and the thing is to that really upsets me is the fact that the other officers over there a couple of them were just uh training officers they just got on the job like two days and they got fired for not intervening personally if i'm a new officer and i'm there i'm not interfering with what a senior officer does because i don't want to lose my job right and because those senior officers are supposed to know what they're doing it's like in school you go back to the days you were in school, you don't tell your teacher, you know, you don't tell the teacher they're wrong. I mean, you can, but there's obviously um, consequences. Exactly. So, I mean, with any job or any um, career you have, you start out a job and you're in the training process. You're not going to tell your boss what they're telling you or what they're showing you is wrong because they're the ones who have the knowledge and you put trust in them. And I think that's what those officers in training did. They trusted. And when a situation happens like that, that may have been their first interaction and they didn't know what to do they didn't know yeah. what he was doing was right or wrong they were just yeah. there to learn they don't i mean that's that, that goes back to me personally saying you, you can't learn these things in a book you know you can't read a book and say yeah, I'm, I'm prepared for that situation because when it happens you don't know and these guys they just they were just having to be in the wrong place at the wrong time they lost their jobs they lost their careers over something that they didn't even know was wrong Right, and there's a difference from training, even like you said, you know, putting things in the practice of the personable skills and what you have to do to solve the problem. But when you're actually faced with the, you know, they know that's training. They know in the back of their head, they're going through the protocol, they're doing the training. They know in the back of their head, this isn't real. This is just a scenario. So when you're put in the real life situation to where your life is online, you're going to think different. You're going to do things differently because you're not used to that interaction in your daily life. So it's just so, there's just so much to it and things that need to be discussed. But I mean, I think what we're doing is what needs to be happening, happening with everybody. You can't just turn down the conversation of black lives matter because it's something that needs to be addressed. 
It's, I think it's something needs to be addressed, but it needs to be brought to the table in a different way. Um, I think a lot of it can be solved from talking, um, which that comes from both sides. Yeah. Because one side needs to listen, one side needs to actually talk and express um, in a different sense. Yeah. Um, which a lot of them I've noticed are, they're expressing in a very um, calm manner. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you got the select few that are just burning shit down and ruining it for everybody else. So absolutely, that's just that's my that's my take on it personally. But um, yeah, that's definitely my my opinion. But and I agree. I just it's just it's just a tough thing because emotions are so high and the anger level is so high, and you know with the political year that plays into it. And so there's just so many aspects to it. It's not a simple thing. There's so many variables that come in place with it. And, you know, it's been a problem for, it's been a huge problem for America for such a long time. And there's been so many situations that happen like this. And, you know, we obviously haven't come up with a solution and it's hard to figure out what is the solution. Yeah. And, you know, like I said, I'm no, I'm no expert on pol- politicalness or politicalness, politics or, um, you know, police in general yeah um i i've been through the training and everything but beyond that beyond the scope of that i'm i'm clueless yeah so um so I, it's it's hard to explain really about that whole thing but either way how about these masks though <laughs> they're fun aren't they oh uh, yeah i'm i i read something today that uh I think it was from Livewire or something like that. I don't. I don't know. Wasn't Livewire like something that we used to give our computer aids? I think so. Or was that LimeWire? That was LimeWire. Okay. Livewire might do that, but we don't know about it. <laughs> um, I read it on Livewire. Um, they said that the mass, the Five Finger Death Punch band, um, had a had depicted people that wear masks as communists. I haven't seen the music video yet, so I really don't know. But I don't see how that would. Right, and as an example to that, Trump had his, you know, Rose Garden um, event the other evening, and they were criticized and called out and, you know, called names because they didn't, no one was wearing a mask. And I think the defense to that is that's their personal choice. They were tested that day, and if they all agreed to not wear a mask, then there's nothing wrong with that because it comes to their free choice. If they get COVID, that's on them, and mm-hmm. they understand that, and if they agree to that risk... There's no problem. That's their personal choice. Yeah, I mean, I I can understand where the worry would come from. Uh, speaking that Trump did have COVID, um, but at the same time, I don't I don't think it's the government's uh, the government's move to tell us what we can and can't do with our own bodies. Um, which I guess a lot of people would bring that conversation back to abortion, which I don't even want to get into that subject today because that that's a whole podcast. Yeah, that'll, own. that'll take me ten years to explain and try to figure out. Right, but with the mask thing, it's you know, there's really no middle ground. It seems it seems someone's so far in, on the spectrum of it. Either you, it's you have to wear a mask; it's the right thing to do, or it's my right to not wear a mask and to have that free choice of whether to wear one or not. But I mean, it's like. You have to understand the risk, and you have to make your own judgment call. That's just that's just kind of how the political climate is right now, though. 
it seems like anybody is either extremely left or extremely right. And there's not a whole lot of middle ground right now because neither one of the candidates, in my opinion, are too much to the center. I mean, it's it's hard to think, really, because, I mean, there is, personally, I think there's good policies on each side. Yeah, but the Um, problem with that is, I, I agree with you, problem with that is there's no middle ground and mm-hmm. that gives the reaction that we're so deep into our, our beliefs that we're not willing to listen to the other side that happens there's no there's not going to be any solutions as we see you know there's, there's no going to be conversations that can put things into place that are just meeting the needs of the american people coming together with both parties and it's just arguments to me it just seems like it's more like a you're you guys did this with russia or you guys did this with ukraine or you know this and that and it's just it's 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 a big blame party about what happened and i don't think there's any kind of uh political aspect or anything like that into this um into this election personally i agree i mean we saw it with the last we watched it together the the first debate and it was you know whether you're republican or democrat i don't think either of either side of the party wants to see a debate like that to where it's just continuous arguments you know that's not what you want a leader you want a leader who come on man (laughs) you want a leader who um, will listen to the other side and then maybe possibly adjust their thinking into what they believe and Mm -hmm. you know that debate was just horrendous on both sides of it it was kind of a shit show but yeah well, you got to bend Donald Trump is one funny son of a bitch, though. Yeah, I mean, he pulls in the viewers, and I think that's what he enjoys. And we, I think we saw a little bit of a bright side with the Biden and Harris debate. I mean, I feel like it was a little bit more collected. There, I didn't, I didn't catch that. You one. didn't watch that one. So I didn't catch it. it was that was good. They both had collective thoughts, and they both kind of, you know, one one candidate giggled a little bit more than the other, but I don't know how to say who. But I, I personally, I Biden to me is it's. I, he's kind of a funny, weird dude in a way. He is, yes. He's different. I, I just feel like I don't want to get too political, but I mean, we're going to talk about anything, so I guess I will get political. But you have to look into it to where there's so many great people they could, the Democrat Party could have nominated, and I think they picked the worst of them all. When you have someone that was in, that has been in politics as long as he has, with nothing really on his resume to show promise for the American people, and it's. It's just it's sad when you have a a candidate with such low quality and low performance to go against you know a president and a, a nomination. Yeah, it's 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 hard to it's hard to make any points really to me. To be honest, when you really haven't done anything. Yeah. And when you have a guy in office that has either attempted to do things or done things, and um, multiple things, whether they be good or bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but he still uh, stuck to his beliefs and done what he thought was right in the first place. And, so. the, sad, and the sad thing, I think, is we saw with the town hall meetings the other day with Trump, Savannah mediating it, and then Biden with, um, forget who mediated it, but just the difference in questions, the difference in what we found out about Trump and Biden. I mean, Trump was hounded by questions, deep thought questions, and then mm-hmm. Biden was given free ball questions that were easy to answer. So we really truly, I can say for myself, I don't really truly know what some of biden's politics are and what he wants to put in place if he does become president i mean as he said he, we don't get to find out about his opinion on um stacking the court i mean we don't even know his opinion and that's someone that could be our president so i feel like that's a not a very good viewpoint to not let your voters know 
what are you going to do when you're president? Yeah, um, a lot of it is was more like um, general questions. Absolutely. Um, and didn't really get in too much depth about his policies and things. Um, I feel like they were trying to trip Donald Trump up quite a bit. Yeah. So, and I I didn't catch all of it either, so I don't know if they did trip him up or, but um, with a lot of those deep thought questions and things like that, it and uh, compared to Biden's, you know, what do you plan? What's your plan? You know. What is your plan? That's all that I want to know. Absolutely. And and can you can you talk a coherent sentence without forgetting <laughs> where you're at? Yeah, that seems to be a problem. And the other thing is a few I think it was a few months ago, and forgive me for not knowing the exact timeline, but Biden said he he doesn't agree with stacking the court. He was against that a few months ago and then now he is for it. And that just shows he's more of a puppet for, for the left party. And that's scary to me because he is just going to run with anything that he's told by the left so he can win and then he will just become a pup puppet for the democrat party yeah he's not <laughs> it just don't make any sense to me but so what do you what's your final opinion to wrap up on since this is a hot topic now with the nomination of supreme court justice what do you think of you know it's on the on the left it's been their answer is saying you should wait till the um, election is over to elect a nominee do you think it's right for trump to elect a nominee now well he's the president right so i, I think it is right um it's fully within his power to do that as he's still president he, he could have done it he could have waited till after the election had done it a day before biden was ordered yeah and the so. stats show it's been done in the fourth year before a election 29 times in our history and it you're president for four years, not three and a half. Mm -hmm. So when you have an empty seat, which is rare, and you take you take advantage of it. Well, absolutely, it's just an important, pristine position in the government that when you have an opportunity to fill that seat, want to do that. I mean, I think she's very intelligent. I mean, the what is her name? I can't even think of her name. Top man, Amy Coney yeah. Barrett. Yeah, she is very intelligent. Um, very much. I mean, I've, I've never seen a nominee in my time that's been such intelligent and has such thought out answers to her questions and if you listen to her nomination hearings she does not sway one you know she's very strong in them her thoughts on abortion but besides viewpoints on that she doesn't lean right or left she's more mm -hmm. of just that straight um justice you want yeah because that's not a political seat to hold it's right not, absolutely it's not one party or the other so i think that's the way it should be but um well I think that's it for our first episode. We're going to wrap it up and um, go to bed. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's always a good thing to do. And we appreciate you guys listening. And this is our first podcast. So forgive us if we made any mistakes or, you know, you can fact check us or whatever. But we're just learning and going to find out new things to talk about and um, just continue to give great content. All right. Thank you. Goodbye.